Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I am here with my buddy. Tro. And I am Kerwin and um, I'm just laughing because uh, just before we got on, I asked Kershaw which episode this is. <laughs> this is episode number 75 and we're recording on Thursday, March 25th, 2021. And um, before we jump right into it, Kushal, what do you have on your background this time? Um, I have a scene from um, the only airport I know where you can get this type of picture, San Francisco. Uh, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> two pictures on uh, two aircraft on one shot. I wonder if there are other airports where you can get scenes like this, but I don't know of any. So... Uh, um, multiple parallel runways. Yeah, this is probably the easiest place to but see. All it. airports have parallel runways. It's just that this is projects into yeah. the sea. Um, I would expect from Haneda or from Honolulu or several Osaka, you would be able to get these, but you never see them. Yeah. You always see San Francisco. I know where this is taken from. It's right by the other side across the bay where all the hotels are. Mm. There's a nice walk that you can uh, you can see all the planes when they come a over. Pretty impressive telephoto, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Um, right. try, where did you get this one? Can you remember? I don't know. I just find them <laughs> randomly. <laughs> it's it's read very freely available. All these San Francisco yeah. scenes. If you grab one next time, if you can, what? if you can are you grab- intrigued? Um, no, I, I think it would just be good to give the, the person who took the photo credit. Because um, these are really good. Oh, ones. I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. So we can just say, hey, you know, this photo came okay. from wherever. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah just, I see. I don't keep track of all that. Yeah, just give them a little credit because it's all good. Um, well, this photo I took in, you know, I, I, I'll i come back and get the year, but I took this in Haneda, in, sorry, in Itami. And this is, I'm going to move to the side a little bit. It's a 747-200 from ANA. And it's the one with the high density uh, capacity. SR, I think they called them, right? Yep, that they used to have um, way back, way back when. Like 5,000 uh, people on board. Yep, I didn't. I, I I didn't fly in a two hundred. I actually flew in a in a four hundred that they had, and it, it was very awesome. People people came on and they sat down, and uh, we went on our merry way. There was no oh let me do this oh let me look around. No, people were very organized, um, and not many people bought these huge onboard suitcases. Yep, none of that. Most of the overhead bins are empty. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a credit to the Japanese people. They're very organized and they're very. Um, they get in, they sit down, let's go. There's no going. Oh, let me go talk to my friend over here. It's like no, <laughs> they're very organized. So um, I think we have some stories about seven four sevens and eight eights. I thought I'd throw that throw that one in. All right, we're gonna jump right in. So we are on a time constraint today. Yeah. Um, the first story we're going to talk about, though, is so um, vaccinations are a thing, um, and uh, I, I got my two vaccines 
So I'm like, I don't care what anybody says I'm protecting me. Um, but the, as a result, a lot of people want to do a whole bunch of things that they were accustomed to doing and I don't think we're ready yet. And so one of the, th one of the things is um, two US airlines have started to get back to normal. Um, who are they, Kusha? Well, somewhat normal. Southwest <laughs> and JetBlue. Yeah. I think this is a providing a false sense of security, but um, it is. It so, seems those of us urging caution are in the small, small yeah. minority. Because they're trying to, they, they, they've reinstated so, the old boarding processes, right? Yes. As the yeah. first step. And um, also a lot of the others, like for instance, even United is bringing back onboard food items, you know, yeah. regular onboard where you can buy on board. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess they're desperate to go back to normal and bring in the cash. But I mean, we've gone through this for so long and to stumble at this last step seems really short-sighted, but what do I know? Yeah, because I, I was saying before that um, it, yeah, it's like running a race and you see the finish line and you're like, oh, the finish line. And then you start doing stupid stuff and you, and you, you don't make it because um, you know, you're like, oh, I'm there, but you're not there yet. You haven't crossed the finish line. And so, um, so I mean, clearly the vaccinations are helping in recovery, um, but a lot of people are not vaccinating and they don't want to be vaccinated. And so, and, and, um, and they're resuming normal activities before they're fully immunized, which exactly. is typically two weeks, two to four weeks after you get your final shot. Right. Yep. And I was walking around the neighborhood yesterday and, um, I was driving and they had, um, baseball, uh, kids, little league baseball game going on. And as far as I could see, I didn't see anyone wearing a mask. And they were sitting right next to each other like, like it was normal. So I think people just don't realize that coronavirus... Oh, people realize. They don't care. But they don't care. Because it's become politicized. You know, it's so... It's infuriating, like, but anyway. But why can't we protect <laughs> ourselves? I mean, we're not, we're not stupid. We know that there's a virus... Well, people are stupid, right? Right. Well, we've been, like we've been shown that over and over and over again. And so, um, I mean, I'm still wearing a mask. And whenever I travel, I'm still cleaning stuff down and wearing a mask. Because you know what? We're supposed to do that anyway. Um, I mean, these surfaces were nasty. Now, I hope yeah. that these airlines that are trying to get back to normal are not going, well, this cleaning the airplane thing is costing me a million dollars a month. I'm <laughs> going to not do it, right? Because when you see- Very quietly, like, they will right, withdraw very it. Quietly. And you're going to start getting back on the planes and seeing, you know, dirty seat backs and dirty trade tables and stuff like that. I don't think that's where we want to go. Um, and I mean, money talks. Yeah, we've been in the industry long enough. We know that the executives will say one thing on TV and they'll do something different in the background. That's just how corporate America is. Uh, we know that. And then, you know, later they get yelled at because they screwed up. And we have many examples of that in aviation. So um, I guess my, my, I did see something cool though. Um, the, I guess three of the, what, 
four of the former presidents and their wives did a PSA. I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. it, telling people that they should get vaccinated. All about the vaccine? Yeah. Yeah, but that's been a while, right? Yeah. No, no, no. This was and this so. was just came out. It was with um. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the presidents and their wives, um, and so they did. Okay. That. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. They didn't have Carter on there. I know he's um he's yeah. ill. Yeah, but he was Isn't on. Isn't he over ninety? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's ninety something. Um, so I mean, yeah. you know, you do what you want to do, but the information is out there, um, and if you want to get back to normalcy. You know, there's certain things that we have to do, but we thought we'd address that at the beginning because aviation is a big thing and aviation is one of the sectors that was affected the most. All right, we're going to fly across the Atlantic and we're going to Europe and uh, we're taking the U.S. carrier with us. What's the story, Kusho? <laughs> so this is a very interesting story. Um, for those of us, for those of the, the listeners who are not in the U.S. and and or Canada and or Mexico. Um, North America is sort of like a unique um, system where regional flying is typically not done by the airline itself. Yeah. But it's farmed out to another airline group. Um, for instance, in the US Delta, um, American and United, the three largest carriers uh, by international um, ASMs and ASKs, they contract out their regional operations, which is their short haul uh, flights to um, individual air carriers, for instance, Mesa um, and SkyWest. And I don't think in any other part of the world, it's as prevalent as it is here. So what it does is that it gives the um, bigger airlines, a lot of cost flexibility. And it's also cheaper from an operational perspective because yeah. everything is handled by the regional um, affiliate. Now, Europe has some of them. For instance, there's Air Nostrum, which operates the Iberia Express flights mm -hmm. um, in um, Spain. And there's also CityJet, uh, which is based in Dublin that operates for um, SAS. Right. But it's really not a widespread uh, practice. Well, so what a, Mesa has done is that... City line as well. Right. But Lufthansa City Line is within the Lufthansa group. It's not contracted out to okay. uh, another carrier. And how about the official one that, carrier, if you will. How about the one that Air France has? Because they have a number of them. They've got CityJet as well, right? They yeah, they have CityJet. CityJet operates a few of them. And, and then there's um, the one with the X-Hop. But that's gone. Hop is gone, okay. Hop is gone, yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's, so, not, it's not as popular in Europe as it is. No, no. Uh, and there's a, a, there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, for instance, um, there's a lot of low-cost competition for regional routes. Mm -hmm. From Ryanair, EasyJet, Wiz... Then there's also a brilliant high-speed rail network, which offers huge competition to air, to air travel. And there's also taxation, high taxation on air travel. But suffice it to say that Mesa, which is based in Phoenix in the US, has partnered with a London 
consultancy firm called Gramercy to start up operations in European regional markets using the CRJ 900, which is a very common aircraft in the US and also around the world. Um, so what they've applied for uh, the European uh, Air Operator Certificate to, to start services. And um, they're currently looking for uh, opportunities. And the reason they want to do this at this stage is because demand for air travel is not expected to get back to 100% of normal, whatever that means, for another several years. And in between, um, for instance, Airbus 320 and Boeing 737 capacities may be too high for a lot of routes in Europe, for instance. Um, and they think that airlines will have a need to operate smaller aircraft, even though they don't have those types of planes in their fleets. So that's where Mesa comes into play. They can contract out these regional flights to Mesa um, and Mesa makes money as well. And another reason they used as evidence was um, the head of KLM City Hopper, who recently announced that uh, City Hopper aircraft would be taking over more traditional mainline 737 routes for KLM in Europe for at least 2021 and some or all of 2022. So it'll be interesting to see if this experiment works and if it takes hold. So um, stay tuned. Okay, that makes sense. But I just thought it was a very interesting concept of the US trying to export um, you know, its means of doing things yeah. um, here. No, it's been very successful over here. Yeah, I mean, but there are a lot of hurdles to cross in Europe that we don't have here. And so, and it's led by um, a guy. Sorry, just one before I forget. It's led by a guy called Tony Davis. So he's an airline guy. He was CEO of um, Singapore-based Tiger before it was acquired by um, Scoot in 2017. So he clearly knows what he's doing. So. Um, but Mesa is not new to this, right? They've, they've no, it's not. Not at all. In, in, is it Guam? I'm trying to think of is another. It Guam? Yeah, they. I think they operate those um, the ATRs out in Guam. The ones that there's Guam and Saipan and Tinian and Rotor and all those. Um, I think they're the ones that operate that operate those. Okay. Um, and they've done. Is it, oh, that might be SkyWest. I'm thinking of one that does, they do a lot of the essential air service routes here in the US. Um, so yeah. Good, divided good equally among they, the others. Yeah, if they can get that to work um, in in Europe, then, then that makes sense. Cause I'm just yeah. trying to think of all the, and Europe operates a lot of CRJs and those, um, the Embraer's, um, so. Yeah, good deal. So, you got to branch out. You, you got to find the money somewhere else, right? Yep. Um, all right, good deal. So we are going to stay on the um, 
on the continent. What is up with these people with so much money? Somebody, if somebody can call in and say, why is it that all these people with so much money just throws it at things that we already know are not working? I mean, it's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. I get it. But please stop wasting it on, on things. I'm saying that because there's another transatlantic low-cost airline from Norway. Well, uh, it's <laughs> Norwegian 1.5. And, and so because... if 1.0 didn't work properly, why do you think 1.5 is going to work when you're in the same, the same situation? Sorry. Well, it, it all depends on three people. Ironically, all of them are named Bjorn. So I'm not going to stereotype, but I find it really ironic that yeah, all these three that. people, unrelated. It's like Michael Kusho. It's yes, like the popular name, right? <laughs> so uh, Bjorn Kios, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, K-J-O-S, was CEO of Norwegian. I hope he comes and, on the show and we can talk. <laughs> yes. And um, in 2017, he was in charge um, when he pioneered um, low-cost transatlantic 787 service. And um, also, he was also when um, at the head of Norwegian when they started um, in 2017, sorry, with um, Edinburgh to uh, Stuart in New York State, 738 service. So no surprise that with the pandemic, it failed. And Norwegian has had to retrench back to mostly a domestic airline in Norway. And they had to uh, ground all their 787s. Well, Bjorn Kios resigned from Norwegian in 2019. And last week, or a couple of weeks ago, actually, he announced that he was forming he was still convinced that low-cost transatlantic flights were going to be a profitable thing. And he announced Norse Atlantic Airways. The first thing I thought of is that this is going to be confusing with Atlantic Airways, which is the Faroe Islands-based airline. But um, they want to start in the fourth quarter of 2021 using some of the Norwegian 787s that have been grounded and there's no buyers for them or no oh, takers for them. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. So there's no livery as yet. They have a website and they want to start operating to New York. No airport decided yet. Los Angeles, Miami, uh, Paris and London and Oslo, of course. So. Um, He's got two other partners, another one from Norwegian, uh, ex-Norwegian colleague, also called Bjorn, and a third one from um, the staffing company called OSM Aviation that was used by Norwegian for cruise scheduling and all that, also named Bjorn. So uh, they are very, very bullish on uh, this new airline, uh, but it's to be seen whether it takes off and uh, they get all the funding that they need. 
So we will see what happens. But I just thought it was interesting. I, I wanted to point this out because with JetBlue also starting and now this North Atlantic on the cards, yeah, it's just market is so saturated. It's super saturated. And, in, and by time 2021 goes, and, and plus, um, they're not going to get the traffic that they're looking for because um, a lot of Europe is still closed unless you're from yes. this. Um, and I don't see but that. I'm guessing huh? things opening up. But given yeah. the fiasco that has been the vaccine rollout in Europe, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to go. Yep. I don't see that opening I up. see this being delayed. I mean, if they can do 2022, then that makes more sense because we still, like, you, um, a lot of countries are not, don't have vaccination, right? I think COVAX is doing, I think the thing they're doing is two point, between 2.2% and 2.9% of the population. Yeah, but see, most of Europe is not COVAX. Right, they're not EU. COVAX. But- People come from other countries into Europe. Yes. It's, it's the same thing with the United yep. States where people are letting their guard down and go, oh, I'm vaccinated. When Brazil is having trouble and we have daily flights from the U.S. to Brazil. So when people are just yep. not thinking, they think we're, oh, everything is okay. But you don't know where people are traveling. People are still traveling because you can still travel for work and stuff like that. And people are still going to visit their family, despite the fact that you shouldn't. And I get it. You know, it's been a year. People are over it. I mean, I'm tired of it, too. But, um, yeah. But, you know, who knows? I don't, I don't have a lot of money, so I'm not making these um, decisions that these people are making. <laughs> like, really? Another transatlantic airline. We just canned Norwegian, one that's based in Norway. And um, <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Though the U.S. carriers are just going to put like, you know, because they, because they have so many so many metal just sitting around. They're like, oh, okay, great. Then we'll just run three triple sevens from LAX to wherever <laughs> they're going across the pond. Yeah, it's it's just silly. I think they should take their money and do something else rather than because um, the fact that he was heading the company and then he left formed another company. So it's like, okay. It's like David Nealerman, right? Yeah. The only like, David Nealerman was successful. Yep. It's He's like, a JetBlue hey, founder. And even him, he wants to start Breeze Airway. It's like-, like Well, he's people. starting, right? They've uh, got yeah. the- He's starting- AOC. Just what we need, another airline. Although I don't like how he's picking his flight attendants. That's a little weird, but- It's different. Uh, weird. Uh, but you know, it's it's- It's cheap. It's cheap, right? Exactly, and that's the thing, right? So you're you're taking it. I don't like I don't like when companies take advantage of people so they make a profit, right? Which what ha happens all the time. And when they but do, they've been doing that for for generations, blatantly. And we, we like you make it for generations. Where have you been? True, but don't make it look like you're doing something good when we know you're doing it underhanded. That is rude. But it's been going on for generations. It doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm the one telling you this. I know, but it doesn't mean it's right, though. It's just so... I, I've been why do you think this? Of course not. Why is, there, why is there so much anger in the population? Because in latent, they, inherent anger. 
It is, and you're going to get people who are because they're being that. so. It's irritating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to Africa. I had enough of Europe. <laughs> um, so, um, African aviation, right? You don't really hear much about um, African aviation because primarily there is um, Egypt Air, Ethiopian, South African, although is South African still there? <laughs> some shredding shred of it shred yes. of it right and there's kenya airways and royal air morocco those are the big ones right and ethiopian right don't well forget and ethiopian. yeah i think i mentioned ethiopian and ethiopian the rest of them they're the rest of them are really small aviation africa is um very fragmented and very very, very distracted and when you find the air oh there's rwanda air when you find the airlines the tiny between these smaller cities and it's really really expensive um mm. yeah and, and i i guess yeah, you can you can say come here but come here is not international i.e outside of africa um they're more they no they go into like um botswana and uh yeah, but that's within africa. The, no maybe yeah right yeah they're within africa right. i was thinking and yeah, the ones that actually go out right. uh so anyway um but for some reason, they have a lot of money because they have some really nice planes. Um, so Ethiopian is one of those airlines that's doing really well. And um, what are they? What are They've they always have? been very, very efficient. So here's another thing. We've gone on and on about vaccine passports. Yeah. And now there's Ethiopian is now trialing an African Union vaccine passport. Now, let me back up a little bit. So the African Union is sort of like the European Union, except it's not as formalized. And Africa has a lot of the problems that Europe does not have. Because, um, as I said, the EU is not a formalized agreement. Like they don't, the, all 54 countries on the continent really don't do things in unison or any measure of unison because um, most of the countries on, in Africa have not been able to pay their dues to the um, African Union. Oh. So it was launched in 2001 in Addis Ababa um, as a means to integrate uh, the political and um, economic situations of all the African countries to further advance peace and prosperity. But unfortunately, it has not proven to uh, work out that way. Yes, they provide troops to different countries across the region, but um, it's really very, very fragmented and has had very, very limited success. Um, primarily because um, it's very difficult to provide um, accurate health information as you said, there are lots of costs and they're very, very high to provide medical um, help to people. And there's also a lot of inconvenience in cross-border control because they really don't have the infrastructure in place. Um, there's almost no cohesive data for health policy or any sort of biosecurity planning. Um, so what Ethiopian has done is, and again, I find this very questionable because this article 
um, on the Ethiopian Airlines Media Center site didn't give a lot of useful information. Like one of the means they want to try and help the situation is to try and eliminate, eliminate fraudulent documentation of uh, vaccine certification. But they didn't specify how they were going to do that. So they were going to try and provide this uh, continent-wide receptacle, if you will, for all travelers' documentation, health-related documentations to be provided and then shared among all the different carriers and the governments in the region. Now, I'm guessing here, but I'm pretty sure that the Africans, actually the rest of uh, the world, is not that concerned about sharing their information with governments and other organizations. But I'm going out on a limb by saying that. I know. But I just thought this was a, at least what seems to me to be questionable. I'm not sure how useful this would be. I mean, it sounds great on paper, but um, I don't know how practical um, this is going to work out. But it's got a great um, premise, and I hope it succeeds, but um, I don't hold out a great hope for it. So Yeah. Um... It's called the African Union uh, Trusted Travel Pass. Now, why did they think they needed to do a separate one for the African Union? Because that was the only means uh, they had to connect all of Africa, mm. you know, to act as sort of one body. Yeah. And that's really not happening because it's such a fragmented union. If yeah, you can even call it that, but it's the best thing they have. It is. Everybody wants to do their own thing. I mean, I'm glad that at least you know Ethiopian is saying, "Look, we're the stronger airline," because they're probably the strongest airline in Africa. Probably one of the strongest, yeah. And the so, AU was formed in Addis Ababa. Yeah, and they're probably just pulling the other ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Struggle. It's like we're doing this. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. It, it makes sense that they but do logistically, but I don't know if. Uh, well, so, so you know what? So here's what's interesting, right? Um, people, everybody's making a big fuss about COVID, which because it's it's huge and and it makes sense. But in terms of, I shouldn't say about COVID. I mean, COVID vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, but vaccines are not a new thing, and, and Africa, not the, yeah is one of the places where some of the countries, you need a vaccine. So this is something that they should have done a long time ago because you already After have Ebola. That, yes, you already have that issue. And if I want to go to Ghana, I need a yellow fever shot. And if I don't have one, when I get in, they have a needle ready for me as soon as I walk in. And I'm not- Oh, do they really? Yes, because I, they have okay. a lady there and well it was a lady at the time and the guy goes where's your car and i showed him my car and he says go and she has the needle ready if you don't have one <laughs> you get one <laughs> you can't and of course you know those shots i think they take like two weeks so even if you yeah. get, when you come in <laughs> you need to be careful for the next two weeks before it yeah. takes effect so um this is something that's been happening for a while but everybody has been ignoring it right that normally it takes pandemics for people to go I think we should do something right now. Um, but How this, are they going to eliminate for, fraud? That this that's always a travel because um, insists um, they will be able to, but they don't specify how. Yes, I guess if you tell people 
they will find ways to cheat around it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Somebody did a, uh, I saw a story, why can't I find it now? As you brought that up, and it was this person said they went to, I can't find it now, but um, they went to, I think it was Tanzania, and because they went to Zanzibar. Huh. And, um, you know, you remember coming, the president was them telling them to pray oh, against yes, COVID. Right, exactly. That was his solution. That's the country. And so um, they wanted to, to get back to the US, they need the 72 hour COVID test. Hmm. Well, they don't have the infrastructure to even provide proper tests to their own citizens. And so they're having issues in providing these tests within 72 hours. And so what the person, yep. what the person was suggesting was what happened is that they actually do it like you, because you, you can't get it in 72 hours, you have to take it like five days earlier and then they're changing the dates. Because they don't have I'm any shocked. I'm right, but they don't have any other way, right? And so, and this is the kind yeah. of thing that um, you want to support tourism, but the countries don't have the infrastructure. They didn't have the infrastructure before, and now they don't have the infrastructure. It's worse because they don't have the money to do money that. exactly. Um, and so, and a lot of tourists are like, "Oh, I need to travel." Yeah, but the place you're going to can't accommodate you. You know, because they can't help their own citizens. And so, and I think that's what a lot of people yeah. are getting that, um, you know, we need to, and I don't know what the answer is, Kusha. I just don't know what the answer is, but people need to figure yeah, out. Yeah, you're right. And, and the funny thing is that we're wasting yeah. vaccines here in the U.S. You know, because they opened the, they opened the vial and it happened. That was expected. You know, so. <laughs> that was expected. Yeah, it's irritating. Am I, am I going to have a heart attack before I finish this episode? <laughs> All right, let's move to the next story. All right, we're off the continent. Well, kind of. Uh, yeah, we're off the continent. Let's go to, let's go to India. <laughs> um, so SpiceJet, um, we've, we've, we've talked about them before. What are they, what are they doing in terms of IoT? Yeah. So let me ask you this. On... Um, and the airlines IFE, the in-flight entertainment on the app, mm -hmm. have you ever heard of being able to actually buy something on an airline's app? Um, because I haven't. And that's why I brought up this topic. Um, this was in um, an from article feedback, called- Which is a part of the- from Yes. The, which is a part of the IFE. Right. But- not the not not food, not onboard food. Yeah, no, 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 not food. You, you can do duty free and all that stuff from that. Here in New Zealand, you can buy everything from the IFE, but it's not on an app. It's on okay. The yeah, but it's all aviation related. Yeah. But this is something new that, which is why I mentioned it here. So uh, SpiceJet has a newly launched app called um, Spice Screen. So um, Our original. what it has. Well, it's, <laughs> you can order, this is a low cost carrier in India. Yeah. You can order all your meals from there. You can watch all your TV and movies and whatever, but you can also book a hotel room. And that's the part I found to be very unique. 
So foreign hotels, um, this is after the leaf, is uh, an India-based chain of, um, as they call themselves, environmentally sensitive hotels with 82 properties in 67 locations. And they have about 5,000 rooms, a little less than that. But they are offering um, hotel rooms at a 20% discount compared to um, other online um, portals. Like for instance, they, they specified brand.com because generally you, you assume online portals are typically the cheapest way to book a hotel. So they're offering this 20% off the rate and also a 20% discount on all food, beverages and um, room upgrades and a late checkout at 4 p.m. If you book from the Spice Screen IFE app, um, it's going to be trialed for three months on 320 flights of SpiceJet on 70 routes. And I just thought that it was a unique way to try and do this. Yeah. And again, I hope they follow up and to gauge the success of this. But um, as I said, I haven't heard of any other airline doing this. So hats off to SpiceJet for trying. Yeah, I guess it so, makes sense because they just, well, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of what United does. Um, I think United- you see, I can see the younger generation doing this, you know, booking a hotel yeah. at the last minute from on board, but I don't see the um, older people yeah, being you, comfortable enough to do this, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but you know, that's enough, that's enough revenue for them to do it. <laughs> it's like, and I keep going back to the vaccines. What some of the countries have done is they want people over 75 to take the vaccine, right? But everything is online. And they're sending text message <laughs> when you go online, I'm like, they're over 75. This is not the this is not how you do it, right? Uh, they do have a phone, but they also have the online thing. And, and I get it. It's but it's just so it's these people who are 20s in their 20s and they're designing something for somebody who's 75 and over, and they're just not thinking yeah. because to them, all they know is a phone. Is online. Yep. I know, but when you're over 75, that's not what you do. You... But then shouldn't someone be checking them? Apparently not. <laughs> no, because for the one that I called, when I told her about it, I said, and I gave it to she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't even think about that. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. So unless you have younger children to help you, but some people over 75 don't have any Don't children. have it, yeah. Right, they don't have any family members to help them. They're on their own, and so they need to think about that when you're trying to get a certain audience. What you need to do, but in in their case, they're not targeting people who are seven. They're targeting the little kids. I call them little kids because I'm over fifty. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all they're targeting, right? Twenties and thirty types. Yeah. yeah, but um, yep. but I think United also does that because they allow you to book. Uh, can you book a hotel? Okay. okay, you can book Marriott. Problem with when you book Marriott though is that if you're flying, can you do it on board? Yeah. Aircraft? Well, if okay. you're flying, you try to book Marriott. Um, they had changed to because uh, okay. they merged, right? And it became one group. And if you try to yeah. book Sheraton Hotel, you couldn't get the Sheraton because all of the Marriott, um, all of the Marriott URL is okay. Like, <laughs> 
I think they'll fix that now. But yeah, I think on the United app, you can you can book okay. it on the phone, on the app. Because actually they have a little banner that says Marriott or something. Okay. So maybe that's where SpiceJet got their inspiration. Yeah. But no, that's good. I mean, it, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense to do that. Um, and yeah, I, I totally I totally get where they're coming from. Um, all right. Good <clears throat> so what's the next topic? I somehow just lost my email with the topics. Okay. The next one is China Airlines. So we're going to Asia. God, we're going all around. The, we, we, we went all the globe, all around the globe. So uh, China Airlines joined the list of carriers retiring their passenger 744s. Ugh. Yes, on the 20th of March, they uh, flew their final passenger 747. Yeah. Now, and this was an aircraft. Plane. Yes, this was the last one they received from Boeing in 2005. So yeah. it's really only a 15, 16 year old aircraft. It's a shame that they retired it, but um, they operated the 747 um, since 1975. In fact, they, they took two X Delta uh, 100s oh. to start their operations. Yeah. And so what they did is that they flew a five-hour scenic flight from um, Taipei to Japan um, at the usual 33,000 feet, 10,000 meters, as they said. And then they descended to half that altitude as they circled Mount Fuji. Nice. So around Tokyo, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. And then they came back to Taipei uh, they left a little after noon and they came back to Taipei a little after 5 p.m., 5.15 p.m. So it was about a five-hour flight. They had um, 375 passengers aboard. And can you guess the load factor on this flight? Um, that's probably about 80%. Try 100. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no surprise here. Yeah. Uh, but Taiwan, Taiwan has gotten it covered, right? Yes. Taiwan has been very, very... Uh, in fact, they've been the leaders. They started this whole flights to nowhere thing. Yeah. So gen it was the flagship aircraft for China Airlines. Mm -hmm. right. um, but they've taken, off, taken it off these high-profile routes and they put it more on high-density regional Asian yeah. routes. So, um, but as of now, um, no more passenger 747s for wow. China Airlines. Yeah, I think my only China Airlines flight was on the 747. I think it was, okay. I think it was LA Taipei. <clears throat> um, yeah, it, it was interesting. I was going to show a picture of a um, ANA Airbus A320. Because okay. um, when you think about ANA, you think about all the, Jap all the Japanese airlines, you don't think that they have an Airbus 320 or a 737. You always think the 747s, the 777, the 787s, because that's all you see um, on this yeah. side of the world. Um, so yeah, when I flew China Airlines, it was, was it really? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, and they still haven't announced their new name. <laughs> so. They were there. Aviation can't leave politics, right? It just can't. <laughs> but I'm really surprised China has put up with this because normally China erupts at any sort of yeah. reference to Taiwan. 
And for Taiwan to call its flag carrier China Airlines, I would expect Beijing China to be not happy about it. Well, it's curious, but it, well, they, probably they are. But yeah, it came up. It's been a long time. I mean, yeah, I don't know how long time. it is, but it's been yeah. a very long time. And only this year, and maybe last, late last year, that yeah. moves have been uh, afoot to change the name because it was facing a lot of discrimination. Yes, after the COVID thing. Yeah, which is anything associated with China. Yep. It's, this is unfair, but there you have it. Our world, our world. Well, sad to see the seven four go. Um, although someone sent me a video of there is a, a seven four seven restaurant. I guess it was an ex Thai seven four seven. It's just outside of Bangkok. Um, Who is that? Okay, yeah, there's that it, hotel in outside Stockholm, right? Stockholm Airport. Yes, there's a hotel outside Stockholm. Uh, it's actually um, at the airport, and I didn't stay there when I looked at it, but um, uh, I stayed at the Radisson because I wanted points. Okay. <laughs> it is uh, this place. And that, that aircraft hotel is expensive. Yes, it it's is actually cheap. a hostel. Well, it's Stockholm. It's yeah. everything's expensive. <laughs> One yeah. of the most expensive places I've visited, apart from Oslo, Norway. Uh, all right, we have one more story here. Um, so let's go to that one. Um, I have an ANA picture. So uh, this is in homage to this story. And um, what are they doing uh, that's similar to what Singapore Airlines is doing? So unbeknownst to me, on the 11th of December in 2020, ANA started selling its in-flight meals to uh, customers. Gross. Anyone. Gross. Why? Because <laughs> it's ANA. It's just not like, you know, an American carrier. Anyway. Uh, just just takes, the all the, takes all the glamour away from the Asian airlines. Why? They're selling their onboard meals. Sorry, not the IFE meal. What did I say? You said onboard meals. The onboard meals, yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so they opened sales to the public after customer requests, apparently. And um, as of March 12th, they had sold $1.8 million US dollars worth okay. of meals. Oh, so, so they so sold 264,000 of them. Hang on. So, so this is, they're not selling them to, the, to their customers on board, they're just selling them outside. Which yes, yes, right. yes. Uh, Did I not say that? Um, I misunderstood what you said. Yes, you said they started selling their onboard meal. Okay, I didn't mean. I didn't know you meant they're selling them to people. I, I'm still thinking in flight mode that they're flying and you're buying a meal on board. But I get you. Sorry, my, my misunderstanding. This is, this is not unique because they're just following a long list of Asian airlines and European airlines who have done this. For instance, um, Thai. Uh, AirAsia, Finnair, Singapore Airlines, all of these have, um, Cathay Pacific, yeah. um, they've had these sales to the public. And um, the airline kitchen um, typically sells about 30,000 meals a day. But with the COVID pandemic, the demand has dropped by about uh, 90%. Mm. So what they do is that um, they sell um, these meals as a set of 12 meals with 
a price tag of about 9,000 yen, which is about $83. So this works out to about seven US dollars per meal. You can only buy them as a pack of 12. And each of this pa these packages contains three types of frozen entrees. For instance, some of the, the choices they offered were crispy fried chicken with a sweet and spicy sauce. That sounds great. Seafood saffron rice um, uh, with a demi-glass sauce and hamburger steak, which was apparently their most popular because they, they put these individual features out occasionally and they typically sell out within 45 minutes of being posted for sale. Oh, wow. Except for this hamburger steak that sold out in five minutes. How do you buy that? Uh, they're ready to... Let me get to that. Okay. So they're ready after heating up in a microwave and then taking a page that are out of Singapore Airlines uh, playbook, they are now offering uh, their first and business class silverware, their cutlery, as an accompaniment to enhance the mood of air travel at home, as they put it. Um, if you want, you can buy a brand new serving cart from ANA at the cool price of a thousand US dollars, which is about 115,000 Japanese yen. And um, they are now organizing a dinner event a la Singapore Airlines on a 777 at Haneda on March 31st. You will be seated in the business and first class cabins only to socially distance. And the prices are for the meals in business class. Can you guess how much they are in US dollars for a uh, full meal? About ANA triple seven. About four fifty. That's first class. Five hundred <laughs> US dollars for first class. Two seven for business class, and sold out. Barely after they announced it, it was sold out. There's a lot of rich aviation enthusiasts in the world. And why am I not one of them? Well, so it's not really very surprising because the company is number three on the Skytrax uh, World Airline Awards in 2019. Well, that's why when you said they were selling meals, I was like, what? <laughs> so, but I get the clarification. My, my mistake. So, uh, okay, that's not bad. I mean, and, and how do you buy these? Is it from their website? That was my thing. So I went to the ANA website, uh -huh. try as I might with the search function, could not find it. So it I don't know if it's only a Japan thing. Yeah, it. Um, well, like nobody can go to Japan, so it's probably just in Japanese. Right. Did you go to the, the, the .co.jp site? No, but that's going to be in Japanese, right? Yeah. But they'll have pictures and, so, and they do have some of the words. I'm pretty sure that's no. what it is. Um, but, because it's um, not, they, yeah, there, they, was um, no, there was not even in the search function, as I said. You wouldn't find it there either. So they, 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 um, the Japan Airlines are quite good about that. Um, when you go to the, if you go to their English version of the website, it's completely mm, Because different. they have that rail cafe in the Japan Airlines where you can buy Japan Airlines onboard food in Singapore and Taipei, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, if you, so, if you go to the, I don't read Japanese, but um, I'm pretty sure they're talking about it on their, um, on the Japanese side of the side. Rather possibly, than, possibly. Because <clears throat> right now- yeah. And this was in Forbes magazine, by the way. Yeah, cool. It's a big deal. 
Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I was trying to see if I can tell from the picture that they're showing what it is that they have, but um, you would have to go to the Japanese version of the site and they probably, they probably have that. Um, I was no. just trying to look through here to see if I saw anything, but no. And sometimes they just have special links. Nope, on ana.com, there's, there's nothing. No, you, ha you have to go to .co.jp. Yeah. <clears throat> and then so. uh, maybe they'll have, they'll have something there. And Google does do the translations. So sometimes you can, and, and probably what they did was just did a special, a special website for it. Yeah, but I imagined it would be right up front if they want to really market this thing. No, not if they're just marketing it to a spit. Well, obviously, Japan, yeah. In Japan, obviously, yeah. Obviously, it's there because they're sold out. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I was just trying to look through here if I seen it. But yeah. But 550 they, US dollars for a first class meal mm -hmm. on airline in an airline seat is a lot of money. No, that's not much, Kisha. Because hmm. you know, here's the thing, right? There's a lot of rich people in every country. Yeah. And already buying those first class tickets. So this is cheap. This is like, oh, okay, I just want to go with me and I want to get back. <laughs> I haven't spent I haven't spent any money on you for the year. I, I would have spent ten thousand dollars already. Yeah. Spending only five hundred bucks is nothing. Plus it's the experience, you know. Somebody would never flown it's experience, yeah. Somebody who's never flown in first class, $500 is a really good deal um, just to sit in the seat. And, who are uh, these people? Um, there's lots of them. You see them but, every day. You know, millionaires. I don't. Millionaires don't walk away and go, I'm a millionaire. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> They're just millionaires and you don't know. It. This is true. Um, but yeah, so. no, I mean, it's, you know, it, look, if you have the money, why not spend it? We're all gonna die. We die and leave it here anyway. <laughs> so we might as well. Uh, it or... Okay, uh, yeah. we're approaching your dead time deadline. Do we have yeah. any more topics? So um, no, we have some more. But we we'll do them in another in another in another show. But we've covered aircraft airlines. Sorry, so that's good. Um, okay. Yeah, we can we can call this one a wrap. So that's it for all right. This episode, which is uh, episode 75. <laughs> and uh, please remember to go to um, passwire.com slash W-H-I-T. And um, I did get a comment from someone, but maybe we should do it in the next episode. I don't think it's too long. Um, uh, yes, in one episode, we talked about in-flight magazines. Mm. And how are they going electronic? Mm -hmm. um, and they comment, uh, partly was episode 69. Um, so um, they- Fairly recent. Huh? Huh. That's fairly recent, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway. And so ahead. he says, um, he says, uh, he's all for, he's all for the magazines going digital. Huh. And he says that, why waste all that paper on a product that fewer and few people actually read? Why commit so much fuel burn to carrying physical copies of something that can easily go digital? Also, in a COVID world, I don't want to touch anything that previous passengers may have touched. 
in theory, the crews will wipe down the seats and trays, but will they really yes. like page 35 of the Infant magazine? The answer is <laughs> no, uh, which creates another problem, right? Because the magazine is sitting there, somebody touches them, put it back, and you don't clean behind where the magazine is. So it's yep. like, ew. Yeah, when you travel in a plane, either wear gloves or don't touch anything. <laughs> um, FYI. And we did this for how long before realizing we were so finicky? <laughs> Me? <laughs> I, you know, I've always. No, we as like a that. population. Uh, well, you know, it's because, Krishna, I've seen nasty people when I travel. Like, if, if I walk into the. Um, of course, like, of course. Who hasn't? Right, what you call that buffet thing? And I see, like, like when the parents tell little, little Johnny, oh, go get yourself some food. And the kid go, oh, I don't want that. And they put it right back. I'm like, yep. oh. <laughs> so it's like, no. So which is why I like to say early morning flights because I'm the first one who gets to the buffet. <laughs> and I watch them put it up. <laughs> I don't want to get sick, Kusha. Yeah, When you fly off, so. enough, you know what I mean. Um, so he said, FYI, yes, I, I always leap through those magazines when I fly to kill some time. But in all honesty, I've also bought, brought several much more interesting magazines on my own. Plus a book. But they have good articles. I'm sorry. They really yeah. do. I always go through them, right? But, you know, yeah. but I, I hear what he's saying about touching these magazines. <laughs> I'm wearing yeah. a glove for sure. Um, so he says, plus a book that I can slash will read during the flight. If there is no in-flight mag, I still covered, I'm still covered. If it's available digitally, I probably still read it. Oh, and modern people who read Braille have apps on their phones that can convert text mm. to audio. So that's good. Um, yeah. So, so uh, there we go. So don't forget, uh, send us your comments um, because you know when we get them, we will read them um, and it keeps us grounded. Because sometimes we say stuff when we get really excited, <laughs> especially me. Kusho, it takes a little bit to get Kusho excited. Just talk about the environment and he'll go off. <laughs> and for me, just talk about replacing people and I'll go off. <laughs> but um, that's another, that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, we're on Spotify and we are on Amazon Music. And um, uh what else are we on we're on all the on all anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find us search a whatsapp name travel or search for our names um email feedback at passrider.com and passrider.com slash double h-i-t so that's it all right i'm thank you for listening with my buddy see you next time for sure all right and we'll uh, yeah we're up <laughs>